Today's episode is brought to you by Positively Productive Systems, whose mission is to be the antidote to your stress and to provide compassionate productivity resources and coaching that help you heal and achieve. Be sure to check out both free and paid resources at PositivelyProductive.com resources. With family history, it always starts with you. That's the first place to be curious with is with yourself. Why do you do things the way that you do? Where did those patterns and beliefs and behaviors come from? A lot of times they came from our parents because those beliefs that we have are usually established by the time we're eight to 10 years old and we get them from our parents. And who did our parents get them from? They got them from their parents. And so these patterns and experiences are being passed down and how we interpret the world. And so if we don't take the time to be curious about why do I actually think this, we may find there's a reason three generations back that served that ancestor, but doesn't serve us. And we can now know that. And knowing that just gives us a little bit more power to be able to choose to let it go or to build on it differently. You're listening to the Positively Living Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Zarotny, founder of Positively Productive Systems and a coach certified in time and stress management, helping clients make space for what matters most in their lives. Join me each episode and we'll talk about decluttering, stress management, habits, personalized productivity, gratitude, and so much more. I understand the overwhelm of life because I'm a wife, mom to kids and cats, and a former caregiver. I'm here to help you choose what's right for you so you can do less, live more, and breathe easier. Sound good? Let's get to it. You know the saying, those who fail to learn from history are doomed to repeat it? I've always assumed that meant our collective history as a nation or society. But what if we were talking about our personal history? What if what we learned from our family tree can change how we grow and flourish? What if it could help us branch out? Branch out? Family tree? Get it? <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. I couldn't help it. We were due for a pun. I think I'm good now. Today's episode of the Positively Living Podcast is focused on how unlocking our past can transform our future. I welcome Heather Murphy to help us understand how. Heather is a mindset coach and genealogist with a bachelor's degree in family history and genealogy and 20 years experience teaching others how to research their family history. Women hire Heather to unlock their past because most are struggling with not only the weight of their past, but the stress of the present and the uncertainty of their future. She helps them understand today's circumstances and struggles in order to create a different future. Heather lives in Washington State with her husband, homeschool teenager, three ducks, and a rabbit. During our conversation, we connect the understanding of our past to opportunities for resiliency and clarity. Heather shares how researching your family history can become a mindfulness practice and how it can lead to being more compassionate and understanding. At one point, she shares her perspective on how to handle information we uncover that may bring up shame, guilt, or sadness. Her answer gives me goosebumps. One thing we don't discuss today is where to start researching beyond your immediate family, which Heather recommends as your starting point. So that is your first step. But when you're ready to go beyond, I would suggest a number of sites dedicated to this. And I'm including a link in the show notes of the top 10 family tree sites, 
I've used Ancestry because I also tested my DNA and that worked fine, but I imagine they all work fairly well. So it's a personal choice. The original quote I mentioned before came from Churchill, whom I believe was paraphrasing the writer and philosopher George Satyana. The original quote was, those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. Our conversation today highlights an important perspective relating to this idea. We are not actually condemned to do anything, especially when we have the knowledge. We have the power of choice, and we can strengthen that power when we become more aware of ourselves and others. Welcome, Heather Turner, to the Positively Living Podcast. I'm so delighted you could join me. Thank you so much. I am really glad to be here with you. Let's start with you sharing a bit about who you are, who you help, and really what makes you light up. Well, I currently live in the dry part of Washington State with my husband and my 13-year-old son, and we homeschool him and have since kindergarten. And I have been trained as a genealogist and researching people's family history, and that totally lights me up. It has since I was a preteen and then took university classes, and I just still love seeing the someone's excitement when they discover something about their family that is really impactful to them. And is that the part that that lights you up is the impact that you have once you've done that research? Or do you love uh, solving the puzzle as well? Because I know both of those things can have be a lot of fun. (laughs) Yeah, I do love both. But the more I've done it, the more I realize the impact of what you find. Sure, there's that quick adrenaline or hormones that go off when you find something that's exciting. But to see the impact of like the accumulation of what you learn and how that can change your life, that's just even more amazing. And that's what, I guess, helped you evolve into what you do now in terms of coaching women, right? Yeah, it does. I did this silly little exercise on my own family history. Now I've been doing it for 20 years and I just made a family history chart out of what occupations my ancestors had. And when I did that, all of a sudden off the page jumped out at me why I was having a block in my business. And I wasn't expecting that at all, but I saw it there and I realized it and I was able to work through issues that I had. And I was just like, if I could teach other women to see these things in their family history, kind of because the way we look at our family history kind of projects from ourselves that we can overcome things that sometimes we didn't even realize were there. Okay. And when you're telling me this, I know I can't be the only one who's like, Ooh, what was it? Are you willing to share what, what pattern it was that you saw? Yeah. So I had developed this unconscious belief or understanding that women in my family only worked when tragedy struck. So when I was nine years old, my dad was hurt in a work accident and that forced my mom to take over providing for our family. But then I saw two generations back behind that. My great grandmother Her husband died when she was in her mid-20s, leaving her with five kids, and she was forced to provide for the family. So in my mind, women working, it was something that was forced upon them, and that was blocking me from being able to make progress in my own business. Oh, wow. Okay, so that was a mistaken assumption that you had made, and we really do absorb these assumptions that we make. And, you know, of course, too, at least I know in my family, you hear stories but you're like, what? I don't know if that's accurate. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, I had a dad who could really spin a yarn. So 
it's kind of one of those where yeah, you're like, did that really happen? And when you do this research and you dig into true genealogy, you get data that can back up what has actually happened. So that's a whole different story. Yeah. And I am a huge fan of data. I like worked as a tax preparer for a couple of years. Like I'm so into the details and it's that data that can tell you the story. You don't have to have a journal or this history written out. You can look at the data and infer the story from there. Will it be a hundred percent accurate of what actually happened? Probably not, but it will be helpful to you and it will help you get through the things that you need to get through by looking to the past. Right. And really, what is 100% accurate out there? We're not going to get that. But when you have anecdotal stories, they can give you maybe some sense. But unfortunately, and yours is a great example, it could lead you in the, the wrong direction, you know, with the wrong assumptions that may surprisingly hold you back. And it's it's amazing how we do that. Because I think, I don't know, I don't know what it is. But Anyone who studied limiting beliefs and confidence and, you know, has tried to step into this world of entrepreneurship and I guess step in believing that this is something that we're meant to do, right? Trusting our gut to do it. It's very easy for us to cherry pick the reasons why it won't work, right? Because our brains love to work that way. So now we have data that's really fascinating. So as I mentioned before, I call it a like a puzzle that you have to pull together. And I know this from experience because my husband helped me do this and he was quite a good researcher, hopped on Ancestry. And it's a whole story that I'm actually planning to chat with you about. So I'm excited about that. So this has personal meaning to me as well. I know the emotional impact that understanding your background can have, but I would love to dig into what the data is saying, what we're looking for, and what we can do with that data. So I did a lot of research in this last whole pandemic area about resilience. And the more I researched resilience, the more I was like, oh, well, family history can help with that and that and that, like being more self-aware, strengthening your relationships, being more optimistic. These are all things that you can do while you're researching your family history. It's really interesting that you can get both the story from it and that can help you, but the way you choose to research your family history can also be helpful to you. A lot of people, especially with sites like Ancestry, where they have the hints, like click on this and attach it to my your ancestor. A lot of people just sit down and they go click, click, click. A friend of mine made an analogy of that to like a slot machine. You just sit down mindlessly and you you just pull the lever and you click the button and that's all it is. But if you change that to be more of a meditative practice, then you're training yourself not only to get this information, but also to slow down and process things as you're finding them. And a lot of times in our lives, we're so busy that we don't take the time and in any aspect to just take things slowly as they come. Well, I love that. And that was one of my questions because it was something that you'd hinted at when we talked before about the idea that even the process of researching your family history can actually be a form of mindfulness. 
Absolutely. Right. And we, it's a hot topic. We talk about it all the time, but what is it? It's being fully present. So you're saying not only will the research itself yield results for us that, that we can use, but even the process itself, if we approach it the right way can be beneficial. Right. And for some people, the idea of a mindfulness practice or um, meditation is kind of abstract. It's this thing that you do as part of your day. But what if you build that into something like family history, where you do breathing before you start down, you set your intentions, you have goals, and then you have reflection time at the end. And you use family history to learn to incorporate those things. And then once you have those things in family history, then you say, well, maybe I can incorporate that into how I start my work every day or how I transition from work to going back and taking care of the kids. I love that. So, I mean, that is a type of practice that then you can start applying to other things. And as you were describing it, the phrase practical mindfulness came up. And I love that, you know, from a productivity standpoint, I get very excited at the idea that we can be practicing mindfulness and gathering data that we can use. I mean, it's very efficient. (laughs) It's a good combination of things. So we have this mindfulness aspect. The other thing that comes up when you're describing this particular approach to the research is the concept of curiosity. And that's come up on the podcast a lot and with good reason, because when we are curious, we are approaching things in a way that allows us to learn, that is outside of judgment, right? We're, we're just keeping an open mind to what's there, what we can do with it, the connections that we can make. Right. And with family history, it always starts with you. That's the first place to be curious with is with yourself. Why do you do things the way that you do? Where did those patterns and beliefs and behaviors come from? A lot of times they came from our parents because those beliefs that we have are usually established by the time we're eight to 10 years old and we get them from our parents. And who did our parents get them from? They got them from their parents. And so these patterns and experiences are being passed down and how we interpret the world. And so if we don't take the time to be curious about why do I actually think this, we may find there's a reason three generations back that served that ancestor, but doesn't serve us. And we can now know that. And knowing that just gives us a little bit more power to be able to choose to let it go or to build on it differently. Yeah, I can think of a great example. And I've mentioned this when working with clients originally when I was doing professional organizing specifically, helping them declutter. And you would look at the patterns. Again, it all comes back to patterns, right? In the family of who would be keeping what. And you could almost always link it back to someone who had gone through a major financial crisis, possibly the Great Depression. That's a big, you know, very obvious example, but even just, you know, generations where, you know, someone was out of work for a significant period of time, all of those can have an impact. And you can see people keeping these traditions, even though, as you said, it may no longer serve them. It reminds me of the anecdote that I, (laughs) that I share where 
at a special time of the year, you know, some kind of holiday, the family would be serving ham and the mom would cut off the ends and put it in the pan and bake it. Right. And the question was finally asked, why do you do that? She's like, I don't know. It's my mom taught me how to do that. Mom, why do you do that? Well, my mom taught me, well, grandma, what's the deal? Well, my pan wasn't big enough. You know what I mean? Exactly. Right. So given that we are now being curious, we're taking a moment, setting an intention, maybe coming at this with specific questions, like why do I have this specific fear or this is a belief that I have? I think especially when we are doing work on mindset, certain things can come up and it's wonderful to relate it back to this research. My question in this, well, many questions, <laughs> but, but one specific one that I have is as you start to explore and be curious, which I know I said helps us keep from judgment, but we're human. How do we keep from feeling shame or guilt or sadness or, or the, the things that letting the information that we uncover Keep it from affecting us negatively. That's the way that I would phrase it. Well, first of all, it's going to affect you negatively if you come across that. And you have to feel those feelings. You can't just shove them down like everything else that you felt and pretend that that didn't happen. And that's not part of your family story because that's just going to cause problems down the road. Mostly you you give yourself time and you don't make it so that your ancestors' decisions and choices are yours. They are completely different people. They lived in a completely different time period and circumstances. You are not your ancestors. Like even though you inherit things from them, you did not make their choices and they do not make choices for you. So while you go through that process, one of the things you can do is choose what you're going to take out of it. So if there's this bad thing, there's this negative feeling, what 1% good can come from that and enlarge that and make it bigger. There's people I know who have enslavers in their family history. And so they do projects where they go through the probate records and they pull out the names of those who are enslaved in there and they post them on the internet so other people can find their ancestors. And that's one way they choose to take that negative thing and make it into a positive for them. Ooh, that just gave me goosebumps. <laughs> That's so beautiful. And I think there's a couple things at play here, right? So one, of course, is the acceptance. And you're absolutely right. We need to feel the feelings. So it's not so much that we can avoid it, but I guess what I mean when I say affecting us negatively is to not take it with us and carry it like we're adding to the baggage, right? So those are some really good techniques. One is, of course, accepting it and letting those feelings flow through. The other goes back to what you said right up front, which is that there's a choice. So what do we choose to take from it? And I mean, what you're using as an example here, it's like even a step further to say, okay, and this is not something that I agree with. I'm probably butchering the phrase, but the concept is there of when we know better, we do better, right? So whatever choices were made, those were others and they made their choices in their time. We get to choose. And I mean, this is an opportunity in so many ways to change the narrative of, of the next generation, right? I mean, you have so many instances of people who were abused. Some say, I abuse because I was abused. And others say, I choose not to abuse because I was abused. So it all comes back to that choice again, right? 
Yeah. And I think that's one of the biggest things that knowing your family history gives you is it increases your power of choice because you know what happened. You have more power to choose purposefully how you act in the future. I love, and anyone who listens knows this, the concepts of being purposeful and intentional. It's informed choice, right? Absolutely. And that is exactly what you're creating. So when researching your ancestors, one of the things you mentioned is that this can help us to become more compassionate and understanding. I love that concept. Can you share a bit of that? For most people, you have this connection to your family, even if you don't know them, their blood. You hear lots of stories of people who meet cousins that they're four generations back. They share a great grandparent and they feel this connection to them. And I think as we research and we research our ancestors and because there's that little bit of connection, when we see those things that we don't understand or that are different We just kind of naturally have a little bit more compassion for them because they're relatives, but then we can look at them and their circumstance and say, well, I have compassion for them. And this person that I know now is kind of in a similar thing. Maybe I can use that same compassion on this other person that I'm not related to as well. And just kind of opens up your perspective of the life isn't perfect. And there's lots of things that go wrong and there's lots of things go right. And we don't know everything. You could research for years and still never know everything about your ancestors. And that's the same thing with your father-in-law or your neighbor or your best friend. You're never going to know everything about them. And so through this research, you can realize that and just give them the benefit of the doubt that there's things you don't know. Right. There is some kind of meme of flying around <laughs> the uh, the social media with the idea that you never know what someone is going through. And so kindness is always the best choice and basically not assuming either way, which I think is so beautiful because we don't know what they're going through. And I think that this kind of process can help us answer a few more questions, maybe leave us with a lot more (laughs) questions than answers. But at the same time, it's a practice in, again, that, that curiosity, right? And I can also see things that we do uncover potentially helping us with that compassion to say, so for example, you have someone who has a tendency to be a hoarder, let's say, and, and that, you know, that's, that's, that's really technical. It's not someone that I work with, but I do know that there's such a strong mental connection to that. And if you see some kind of major trauma in what you've uncovered in your ancestry, you can come to understand that connection and say, oh, well, of course, I can see why they might have responded this way. And then I love what you're saying that you can then take that new understanding that you've gleaned through your own family where you have, I guess, maybe gently come in with with more uh, compassion and curiosity in the first place, right? And then be able to apply that to others and say, oh, okay, now I'm seeing someone else who is also dealing with this, a friend's family has someone who's hoarding. I remember my story with my grandmother and, and you know, that happened. Okay. And then you can have that, uh, that compassion for them as well. I love that. Uh, one of my podcast guests, Iris, she didn't understand why her, her father parented the way he did. Mm -hmm. 
And so she started researching his family history and she found out that the person who she thought was her abuelita was not her grandmother and that his parents had actually died when he was really young. And it was this really traumatic thing. And then she was able to look at her father, not as this domineering person in her life, but as a boy who lost his parents. And it completely changed their relationship. I think it's so powerful that this kind of research can take us out of the, I guess, perspective that we have of someone being, you know, a parent or a grandparent or, or some other relative. And it can help us to step back and, and see them all as humans, just trying to do the best they can in the circumstances that they were given. Yeah. And so much of that before marriage time is when you have all those things shape who you are. And by the time you meet your parents or most people, you have no idea what happened during those years. It's so true. I can remember a lot of gaps for many different reasons. And it's, I think it's because our lives take over, right? And we're progressing, we're on to the next, on to the next. So it's a really powerful idea to, to look back and to dig into this. So when you have this information and you have this choice, what are you seeing with the women you coach, with the women who've experienced this, the stories that you have, guests on your podcast? What are you seeing in terms of the changes and the choices and the transformations that are happening with this information? I think the biggest thing is clarity that they can see things more as they are and not through their perception of how they see the world. And they realize that they can choose how they see the world and it's okay to change. A lot of times these family traditions and values that are passed down are really hard to disconnect from sometimes, but that doesn't mean that you are disconnecting from your family. You're just choosing one part that doesn't serve you anymore. And I've had clients, they are struggling like with the political climate in the world and they go and they research their family history and they find a newspaper article of somebody that uh, the county did something, didn't pay the family for um, burning down their house accidentally. And yet that person still was involved in county politics. They didn't hold that grudge. And so people are finding inspiration and strength from the ancestors from those stories. In addition to leaving things behind, they're finding that strength and inspiration that they have it within them to move forward. One of my podcast guests was like, that strength is in her blood. It flows through her her veins. And it's just amazing when you get that clarity and that strength to move forward like we said before, with purpose. Yeah. There's this idea that, you know, the word you used before that resilience is a family trait. You know, I think, I think you can derive so much strength from that, right. To be able to say, listen, if they can achieve that, if they can get through that, I can certainly get through my next challenge. Right. Right. And it's kind of like you're riding in a boat in life down this river. But by researching this family history and learning these things, you're picking up a pair of paddles so that you can choose as you're going through the path of life, what side of the river you're going on. If it branches where you're going to go, you're not just subject to just floating along aimlessly. And I've said that when it comes to productivity and of course, this meaning, you know, really how we're living life, living more, right? Not, not doing more, but living more, that our number one tool 
is self-awareness. And I truly believe that this is another really effective way that we can bring that self-awareness in. Absolutely. Like for myself over the last two years that I've looked at family history differently, I have realized so much about myself, that trauma that I was trying to avoid by being a woman that had to work. I realized that I was exhibiting symptoms of different types of trauma from my own story. And because I'm more self-aware now, I can address those. And that weight has been lifted off of me. And I don't feel it as much anymore because I am more self-aware and I'm more curious about myself. Why am I feeling this way? Why did that trigger me? What's the story behind those things? Right. And what's the story, not just the story that that I've created, because boy, we're good at making up stories, aren't we? It's moreover, what's the story that my ancestors can tell? Yeah. So what are the next steps? We're listening right now. We're like, yeah, this sounds good to me. I, I'd like to add this to you know my arsenal of information. What would you recommend as the best and, and simplest next steps that we could take? Well, to start learning about your own family history, one of the number one, I guess it's the top two recommendations that my podcast guests give is you start with yourself and you talk to everybody living that you can, because there are ones that have kind of the living stories, but not just your grandfather, but his sister, because they'll remember things differently and you can put the story together differently. And it's a little bit harder to do when you don't have their story. So those are kind of the, the biggest place to start to be curious about yourself. And as you ask questions about your life, then you ask those same questions about your parents and then your grandparents and just move back one step at a time to see what happens, but maintaining that same curiosity and depth as much as you can with your own life as you move back each generation. I like that. Okay. And that's a simple place to start. So one step at a time, I was like that. Is there anything else that you want to leave us with today to inspire us to use the past for our present and future? So many people that I've talked to over the last 20 years, they look at family history as something to check off the list. Oh, my grandfather did that. Oh, we have a book on our shelf. But what I want people to understand is that it's not about having seven generations back. It's not about having the fancy pedigree. It's about connecting with the stories and understanding ourselves. And each of us look at our ancestors differently. My sister and I look at ancestors completely differently because of our perspective and the things that we've gone through in our own lives. And so go to family history to learn about yourself and why you are the way you are, not just to fill out a chart. Beautiful. All right. I think that is an excellent place for us to wrap up. When we are curious and we could use your support in moving forward with this research, where can we find you, Heather? You can go to my website at heatherseamurphy.com and I have a free download there about releasing limiting beliefs to help you get started thinking about what those might be for you. And then on Instagram and Facebook at Ms. Heather Murphy. Great. And a shout out to your podcast, right? Oh, yes. Stories in Our Roots podcast. Nearly all my interviews are with people to share how family history has made a difference in their life, how knowing those stories has changed them. Yeah, definitely go have a listen to that and it'll keep inspiring you 
to move forward and make your choices. Okay, awesome. Are you ready to have a rapid wrap up with me, Heather? Oh, yes, I am. Okay, it's time for some fun. The song that always makes me dance is Walking on Sunshine by Katrina and the Waves. Oh, that's such a good one. And that is going on the Positively Living Podcast Spotify playlist, either volume one or two, because we're moving along with some awesome dance tunes. Okay. How about the quote or mantra I share all the time is? Beliefs are built from the stories of our lives. Ooh, that's good. (laughs) I have it on a sticky note on my monitor. (laughs) I am writing it down right now because, yeah, I want to remember that one. The resource book or app that makes my life easier is? Well, this one's not anything related to family history, but it's called Out of Milk, and it is a grocery list app, and you can do it by store, and so throughout the month, you can put on your list, and then when you go, you already have your list written up for that store, and you don't have to try to remember what it was two weeks ago that you were supposed to get. Yeah, no, that's a great one. Thanks for reminding me, because it's been a while since I thought about that one. All right. And last, but definitely not least, what or whom are you grateful for today, Heather? You know, I am really grateful to live in this time era. Sure, there's a lot that isn't great, but just think of all the opportunities that we have that weren't available 100 years ago. And it really is just phenomenally amazing to live in a time where We can do practically anything that we really want to do. Yeah. And the flexibility. I'm grateful for the technology and I'm grateful for you and all you've shared today. And the fact that we could do this by Zoom. I mean, it's incredible, right? Absolutely. So I want to thank you, Heather. Thank you so much for shining your light in this world and for sharing it with us today. Great. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining me today. Your time is precious and limited, and I'm honored you chose to spend it with me. If you have feedback, questions, or want to schedule a chat, head to positivelyproductive.com slash connect. And if you are looking for any of the resources referenced on the podcast, from books to products to training and more, go to positivelyproductive.com slash resources.